Come on, let's stand and praise the Lord this morning. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Come on, he deserves a little better than that. We are very thankful. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, clap your hands.
with us as we pray. Father God, we love you. Oh God, we thank you for your presence that we've already felt in this place, oh God. Father God, as we pray this morning, oh God, we pray your continuous anointing upon us, oh God, that as we continue, minister, Lord God, that you continue to touch us for your glory, Lord. Lord God, as we give you praise and as we give you all the glory, Lord God, we worship you because you alone, oh God, are worthy to be praised, oh God. You are worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun. Oh God, you are worthy to be praised. There is none like you. There is none to compare. You are the one that is and that is to come. You are the one that we adore and praise, oh God. And this morning we ask you, Lord God, that you move mightily in our service this morning. Oh God, touch us, oh God, our minds, our hearts. And oh God, I pray that someone somewhere, oh God, will make up in their mind to give their life to you, Lord God, to repent of their sins and to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Oh God, for you promise you will never leave us nor forsake us, oh God. Let your will be done, oh God. We glorify you. Oh God, as we worship you, Lord God, this morning, we ask your anointing continually. Oh God, you are the service this morning and that your will will be done. We give you praise. We give you all the honor as we worship you. Come on, church. Let's just continue to worship the Lord this morning because he's worthy to be praised.
salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? I will wait on you. I will see. 
One thing have I desire of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord, not one day, not two days, but all the days of my life, and I will behold the temper of the Lord. Our God is great and greatly to be praised. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning to you. We trust that you have a blessed and wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. But we want to take this time out to welcome everyone to Christ Center Church, where Christ is the center. Uh, Christ is our central focus. We are serving an awesome God, and we're so glad that you are also a part of our worship this morning. Our online viewers, we thank you for Tune in with us this morning. We pray God's blessing upon you this morning. And for those of us that are here in the congregation this morning, we pray that God will bless us here this morning. Amen. We are sacrificed our time to be here this morning. And we're so grateful to have everyone in the house of God where we can praise God, where we can lift up his name, where we can magnify his name. And not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. That's the God that we are serving this morning. Amen. I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. It's been so good to us. We're going to take a few, uh, probably two or so testimony. Um, you know, if you have a testimony that you want to share with us this morning, you know, something good that the Lord has been to you during this time of Thanksgiving or during the time of, uh, you know, the month, something uh, special happened in your life. If you just want to take a few seconds and just share your testimony this morning, I'm going to give you a few seconds if you want to share your testimony. Uh, our online viewers, um, I know you've been commenting. You know, if you have a testimony, that's all right. We'll take your testimony on the online. And we thank you for sharing your testimony also. We want to give you that opportunity and that chance to also share your testimony if you have a testimony online. Amen. But is there someone in the congregation this morning who want to just stand? Amen. Go ahead, Sister Riego. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hello. 
So I thank God for that. Um, also, since we started the virtual services, you know, my entire family has started watching online. So I thank God for that. My dad, my mom, my sister, her boyfriend. My dad has a whole house watching every Sunday, so he sees all y'all. He definitely feels like he is a member of this church. They all do. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I just, you know, during this Thanksgiving period, I had to really sit and think in the midst of all the craziness and the nonsense that's been going on. God has been so good to me and my family. So I just give him praise for that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Anyone else have a testimony you want to stand this morning and share with us? Amen. Before we move on, one more testimony. If someone else have a testimony you want to stand and share, or do I have to call your name? I don't want to put you on the spot, but someone else want to stand and testify this morning. Praise God. I'm sure you have something that you're thankful of, something that you want to share with us. Amen. Someone else. Go ahead, Sister Stacy. That's all right. We still need it. That's all right. Okay. <laughs> I do have a big mouth, trust me. Anyway, um, I one of our last services, I don't remember which one. All I know is that God put it upon my heart to give all the rest of the money that I had, which wasn't much, but we turned around the next day and uh, delivered us a $50 check that was not even expected at all mm. for nothing. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're serving an awesome God this morning. We're serving a mighty God. Amen. Amen. We're going to change our service this time. We're going to get ready for our offering. Amen. We want to give Pastor enough time that he can come and minister to us this morning. You know, we, we, we feel that, uh, you know, we have two services on Sundays for those of you that may know or may not know. Um, we have a 9 a.m. service and a 1030 service. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to get our own building. We have some money, you know, put away that we're trying to put down, but we could definitely need your help. So if you want to be a blessing, if you want to, the building costs $1.7 million. We will take it if you have it. You will be blessed if you give it to us. And you will be a part of the blessing. Amen. But if you have a dollar, if you have a hundred dollar, if you have $500, if you have a thousand, whatever it is, or regardless of how small it is. Christ is the center of our focus. And it's going where we can able to have everyone gather together and worship the Lord. Social distancing and all the good stuff. Amen. We're serving an awesome God. And we know there's someone out there that want to be a blessing this morning. Amen. So I'm going to invite you to stand with us this morning. Amen. To my left, your right, this is the Patrice. Or you can pay in line. Uh, cash app. You know, Christ Center Church. I uh, think it's uh, 27 CCC 2711 for cash up dollar sign. Make sure you put that dollar sign. Amen. And if you want to put your dollars or your thousands of dollars or your millions of dollars, you put it. And, well, cash up won't take millions. But whatever small it is, just put it in cash up. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with us this morning as we continue to pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we feel in this place, oh God. 
You truly been so good to us, O oh God. We thank you for every person that is in the house of God this morning. We thank you for our online viewers this morning, O oh God. We pray, Lord God, that you will open up doors so that we can continue to be a blessing in your kingdom. Lord God, we give you all the glory. Lord God, we give you all the honor. We thank you in advance for what you're doing at this hour. And we pray and ask you that you will continue to bless the remaining portion of the service and that your will will be done. Your kingdom come, O oh God. Have your way as we worship you as we praise you and as we magnify your name we give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty name of jesus we pray and everybody said amen. amen everybody said amen everybody said amen give unto the lord this morning give cheerfully in jesus name praise god hallelujah
Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Let me tell you, you got to fight and do your very best not to take Jesus, his church, or anything that goes on in his kingdom for granted. You got to do your best not to take it for granted because you don't realize when you start taking something for granted, it starts out in subtle ways. And before you know it, you're just totally ignoring something. It, it just, you, you know, you, you don't take something for granted, just wake up and like, ah. You, you, you suddenly just, you know, you in church paying attention to your phone. You know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing. You tell yourself, you're, I'm hearing, I'm hearing. I'm hearing, I'm hearing. Or, you know, you're doing other things. I'm hearing, I'm hearing. That's, that's the start of, of neglecting the things of God uh, as opposed to just locking in. I remember when I first started coming to church, man, and this thing just began to just become so big to me. I remember sitting on the edge of my seat in the church. I never sat, I, I never sat comfortably in a chair in church or a pew. Never. I don't think my back ever touched the back of a pew. Maybe a couple of times. I don't know. But I, I was always at the edge of it. Just like this. Like I was getting ready to run a race. Because I was just trying to stay locked in and just absorb everything that I believe the Lord was saying and doing in the midst of that service. So be careful. Don't let yourself get strayed from what we really come together to do. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see all of you. Amen. Good to see um, the, the Dallas Cowgirls fan and the, the Eagles fan and all the people that came out. Eagles will wait till Monday night to go through their pain. So it's in delay. I thought about Daryl yesterday. I said he probably had the socks in the drawer tonight. Then tomorrow morning when he wake up, he bring the Eagle socks out. And then, you know, by the time the game start tomorrow night at 815, he get the Eagle socks on. And so, you know, Brother D probably won't have the Eagle socks on today while he watch a couple of games. Sam's just totally done. He just can't deal with the cowgirls anymore. They still his team, though. He had an abandoned ship. He said they're still his team. So I understand. You know, that's just the way it go. And you'll be all right. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Got my last one this morning with his tuxedo jacket on. He wore that almost a year ago to his brother's wedding. And so I guess he wanted to get one more wear in before it was gone. Because it's going. <laughs> it's going. It's not going yet, son, but it's going. This is about it. You might can slip one more if you want to wear it to the banquet. You probably can slip that in, Jordy. No, I'm just saying you probably got one more in it. But after the banquet, that's it, dude. You got to give it away. All right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> our banquet is still on until the governor says something different. That's kind of what, how we're taking our cues. So don't you worry about a thing. Um, you know, if, if they shut it down, we, we just shut it down. You know, I, you know, sometimes I think we just get so worked up about, you know, you know, changes. Oh, big, eh, the government shut it down and shut it down. But so right now we can go to the Marriott and we can have social distancing Christmas banquet. As of right now, we can. OK, so we're going on the 18th of December at 730, 18th of December, 730. I believe it's 50 dollars, Sister Sylvia, for adults and 30 dollars for young people. And um, whatever else you guys got going, we'll have a good time. 
uh, we'll enjoy some good food and some good fellowship. Um, I, I know one thing, I, I've said it before, that man is a challenge not having a vacation this year, but I, I'm glad spending time with you, the people of God, and I enjoy that. So whatever way we can have fun and be safe, that's what we'll do. So the banquet's still on. Good to see everybody. Hallelujah. Um, over here, um, I'll show you some videos as we move more into um, December month. But over here is our Christmas tree that we normally put up every year. And don't you worry about Christmas tree for you spiritual people. Just act like it's not there if you're really spiritual and you got a problem with it. Just act like it's not there because there's no scripture that tells us we can't put up a Christmas tree. But anyway, um, you know, we have, you know, figures on envelopes over here. So if you would like to give to our Christmas for Christ offering, it's a special offering that we take one time per year. Uh-oh. Um... How, how are we going to get our virtual um, viewers their envelopes? I know you can give, but I would have liked to give you your envelope in your hand so you can see what it looks like. Amen. But these are envelopes with um, dollar figures on them. And when you take one, you can bring it back to us um, between December 20th and the first of the year with the dollar figure that's on the envelope that you are giving that uh, offering to Christmas for Christ. And what does Christmas of Christ offering go to? Christmas for Christ offering go to help churches start, get churches going, so new churches. So when, when a family set out to start a church, um, our Christmas for Christ offering will be used to help them get started. We are recipient of Christmas for Christ offering, and since uh, we've been a part of it, we have, this morning I said about 20,000, but I think that we may have gotten more more like um, closer to $30,000 um, through Christmas for Christ. So we are a recipient of that. And so God has been good to us. And so um, we want to show um, support in, in, in supporting other churches that are starting. We're six years old now, but there are other churches that are starting today, other churches that will start, you know, in a few weeks, years. And we want to support those churches because, as I said this morning, the church is the hope of the world. Jesus is ultimately the hope of the world, but he uses his church as the vehicle to save souls. To, when you need to be baptized, Jesus don't baptize you. So don't you know, think beyond yourself when I say the church is the hope of the world. The church is the vehicle that he uses to save us. And, and, and one day we will spend eternity with him. So without the church, the world has no hope because every kind of hope that the world can build on, it will at some point sooner or later um, fall. It will come to naught. So we want to be uh, a part of the church, the body of Christ. And so we need to promote and encourage the, the planting of new churches because understand this, if we never plant another church at some point in time, the church will become extinct. What do we do? So our grandchildren and great-grandchildren don't get saved? Okay. So grab one of these before you leave today. I won't go through the whole come up now and all that stuff, but before you leave today, just come up, grab one envelope. Um, we have them down here. Whatever amount that you feel like you want to sacrifice to give, please do, and um, let the Lord have his way in your giving. And because you have given, um, God will see to it that you are blessed in receiving. So... You don't give because you want to receive, but it's a product of um, you receiving. If you give, you will receive. It's just the way it is. It's reciprocity. Amen. Good to see Kimberly this morning. Kim, don't worry about your boy. Don't, don't, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. We are okay with it. This is family. 
Let him do what he does. Just don't even worry about it. Keep him safe. That's the best that we can do. Keep our mask up and do whatever. But we're not worried about him. Just, just, just make sure he's okay. And y'all help Kimberly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He wants to be in the service. What he wants to do, Kimberly? Let him run. Whatever he wants to do. He wants to play with his car. All right. Maybe if I preach real good, he'll come around here and listen to me. <laughs> Let's stand to our feet. We'll go to Genesis chapter 29, verse number 31. Amen to all of our family that are uh, part of the service this morning virtually. I greet you in the name of Jesus. You know how much I love you and appreciate you. And I can feel you um, when you are tuned in and and you are locked in with us um, and we're locked in with you. Amen. Even though we're not in the same place, the spirit of God is one. And just as he move on us here, he can move on you right there. If we will be on one accord and do the same thing, God will show up in a great way where we all are located. Amen. Genesis chapter 29, verse number 31. The word of the Lord says, and when the Lord saw that Leah has, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren and Leah conceived and bare a son. And she called his name Reuben for she said, surely the Lord had looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord had heard that I was hated, he had therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, now this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi or for some of you, Levi. Verse 35, and she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, now will I praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah and left bearing. I want to talk to you on this topic today, the miracle of praise, the miracle of praise. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we ask this morning that you will do a divine, a supernatural work in our heart, upon our minds today, Lord God. Help us, O oh God, consume us with the fire of your spirit, Lord God. I pray this morning that every invisible chain will be broken. I pray this morning every stronghold will be loosed. I pray this morning that every captive will be free. I pray this morning that every lame will walk. I pray this morning that the sick will be healed. I pray this morning, O oh God, that the power from on high will overshadow us. And that, Lord God, you reveal yourself to us more than ever before. I pray and ask this morning, Lord God, that your will be done, that your kingdom come. I pray this morning, Lord, that you'll move upon every heart and that you'll stir all of us, Lord God, that praise will flow, that praise will overshadow, praise will engulf us, praise will flow from us, and that, Lord God, we will leave this place changed, different, never being the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The miracle of praise. The miracle of of praise. 
I'm going to give you more on that story between Rachel and Leah, Jacob's wives. I want you to understand how Leah felt like she was in a place where she was hated and why she felt the way that she felt, feeling like she was obligated to, to, to give her husband sons. If you go back to Genesis chapter 29, verse number 10, I'll read a, four, a few portions of scriptures there and get you caught up so you can understand where we are as we read those texts earlier. Verse 10 says, And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. Did you wept the first time you kissed Shauna, Ethan? You remember, um, remember David Smith got all in your stuff? We went out to brunch and David Smith was trying to find out that they was kissing and stuff. Verse number 12. Girl, if you dating, you better make sure the first kiss he get, he cry. <laughs> Verse number 12. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tithings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And, uh, and he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall be thy wages, or what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her. And my question this morning to some of us here is, what kind of love do we have for Jesus? Because the Bible tells us here that Jacob served seven years for the woman of his dreams. Mm -hmm. And it went on to say, and those seven years was like a couple of days. Because he was so enthralled with, oh, I'm getting ready to get the woman of my dreams. It doesn't matter how long and how hard the work is because I love her so much. Christianity, 
This is where we miss a lot in being Christians. We think that because God is so good and God is so loving and God is so kind that, you know, we, 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 we don't realize how we take him for granted because we're as opposed to looking at how good can we be to him. So we go around calling ourselves Christians and, and supposedly living as Christians, but yet and still everything that God require and command we look at it as hard. Why we got to do all that? Why is that necessary? God don't require all of that. I don't know how you think, but let me give you a little sneak peek into my brain. If that dude served seven years, his uncle, for the woman of his dreams, and he said, oh, those seven years was like nothing to me. Because I wanted her that bad. I loved her that much. Those seven years was like nothing. I just did it. Whatever Laban wanted me to do, knocked it out like a champ. Because I wanted her. And so even if Laban, which I'm, 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 I can really see him doing something like that. Even if Laban was making Jacob go above and beyond, doing extra, I think Jacob just took it in stride. Ate it up. What you want me to do? There is nothing too hard for you to tell me to do that I won't do because I want Rachel. Why are we always hesitant on how much should we do for God? Our love, it seems like to me, says that God, since you love us so much, you go ahead and do all the loving and we'll just do all the chilling. That's to me what it looks like the church does. We don't see the church operating like Jacob did for his bride, Rachel. But I move on. Verse 21 says, And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast, wedding feast, obviously. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. Leah, why is he taking Leah? And he went in unto her. Verse 24, and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah, Zilpha, his maid, for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this? Thou hast done unto me. Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? If you know anything about Jacob, he beguiled his brother and he had beguiled his daddy so he can get the birthright. And now he's just getting paid back. Mm -hmm. Reaping what he sowed. And Laban said, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. A lot going on here. We know we'll reap what we sow. You can't do anything wrong and not get it done back to you. 
I just wish we would have good attitudes when we realize that we've sown some bad seeds over the years. We've done some bad things over the years. We've done some not so good things over the years. And so when not so good things are coming back to us, we ought to just take it in stride and say, God, be merciful as I deal with this situation. <laughs> I'm telling you, hear me. When, when, when the bad things are happening in your life and you know you haven't been the best of person and you aren't perfect, you ought to say when they're coming your way, God, I just ask you be merciful to me as I deal with this situation. Maybe it's something I'm reaping from what I've sown, but be merciful to me as I deal with this situation. That's all we need to do. Instead of start looking around and saying, if he didn't do this, or if they didn't do that, or they did this to me, what does it matter? It's happening to you right now. Don't let yourself get worked up and bitter over some situation when all you got to do is just trust God to help you through it. Because there's some things, they're just going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it. But the best thing you can do about it is trust God while it's happening. That you don't lose your mind. That you don't go compound the situation and do worse things. Uh-huh. And so we see a lot going on here. The fact that Leah bore Jacob six sons and a daughter indicates that he fulfilled his marital duties toward her. But she knew his heart belonged to her sister. Can you imagine, Leah, that you knew this man loved your sister? He worked seven years for your sister, and then the day came when he was supposed to get your sister, and your dad slipped you in there. <laughs> so you know the man don't love you. You know he loved your sister, and now you got to deal with that. Some of us think we have some difficult life, and we have no clue. Your life is so terrible. Things are so hard, and you have no clue what that means. Uh-huh. Jacob went on. To work another seven years so he can get his bride. He worked 14 years for his bride, and it was no big deal to him. 14 years, no wages, no nothing. After a while, him and uh, Laban made some deal about the flocks and all of that stuff, but 14 years. Hard labor for a woman. And we have this hard time Giving ourselves to Jesus. Uh-huh. The one which is, which was, which is to come. The 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 the, the, the indestructible God, the, the, the sovereign God, the, the one that stretched forth the heavens and the earth all by himself, the one that breathed into man and they became a living soul, the one who is the sustainer of life, the one who giveth peace, the one who is merciful and loving and kind, the one who gave his life and we're having a hard time surrendering all and giving him everything and serving him with everything we've got. And this man... 14, 14 years. Not this stuff. He wasn't doing no office job for 14 years. <laughs> he, he wasn't doing a nice, cute job some of y'all got. You know, y'all nice jobs on computers. Hands nice and smooth, still working 
comfortably. He wasn't doing one of them jobs. He wasn't doing the jobs where some of you have, where you're just chilling at home and doing your thing or just being in a comfortable environment. No, Jacob was out in the field. Dude was working hard. 14 years for his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that settled into our heart today to ask ourselves, what are we doing that God is requiring? Or what are we not doing that God is requiring that we can feel comfortable saying, well, God understands when this dude worked 14 years for a woman. Not God, a woman. That's not belittling the woman. I'm just saying there's no comparison to God. That's all I'm saying. Not man, not woman compared to God. He's the almighty. Jacob knew that children were a blessing from the Lord, for it was God who gave Isaac to Abraham and Sarah, and who also gave Jacob and Esau to Isaac and Rebekah. He knew that. So let, let's look at this real quick. We like to think that when wrong is done, God can't show up in all of that wrong. And so the devil has tricked a lot of us to think that when we do a little wrong, we might as well go ahead and keep doing wrong. Because the devil wants you to know, hey, look at you, you did wrong. God don't want to have nothing to do with you now. You might as well don't go to church because look at what you did last night. You might as well don't show up because you know they're going to preach about this and you know that you don't agree with that and you know how you live it, so you might as well don't go. That's what the devil tells you, brother or sister. I'm telling you, the devil try to keep you away from God and point out to you the wrong that you've done to show you why you shouldn't even go to church. Mm-hmm. And so... A lot of us just keep on going in the wrong direction as opposed to realizing that in the midst of the wrong, if I start doing right, God will show up. In the midst of the wrong, if I start doing right, God will certainly show up. So I want you to get that today, that you can stop doing wrong right now. And just start doing right, right now. And God will show up and bless you in the midst of that. It's the word of God. Jacob kept Leah. He didn't say like you and I would have. I don't know. I'm not throwing myself in that real quick. But, but some of us will. Well, your dad did all that. I don't have nothing to do with that. So I'm not staying with you. Because that's what some of us, especially in this day and age, Brother D., in this day and age, oh, we we big and bold. We, we, you know, we like to speak our minds now. We just do our own thing. So when he realized in the morning that it was Leah and not Rachel, all he got to do was like, bad boy style, yo, you got to go. Because that ain't me. That's your dad. I want your sister because that's who I work for, and I'm not standing for that. And treated her crappy even some more because she's already been crapped on because they thought that the other sister looked more beautiful than her. And so what, the, what were we, get out of here. And, and probably would have stepped to Laban and like, yo, if you don't give up my, my bride that I worked for seven years, you and I are going to get into it. And that's how we would have done it. But Jacob, he said, okay, that's how we're going to do it. That's fine. I'm going to still do right. We still have the agreement. Seven years. You give me Rachel. We still have the agreement. Okay, then I'm going to work seven years. 
because I want my bride who you had promised me. And in that seven years, since you done gave me this bride, I'm still going to do what I'm supposed to do by her. And because of that attitude, God blessed them. Today, we know of the 12 tribes of Jacob because of that situation right there. Because Jacob decided, I'm going to do right, even though I didn't like what was done in this situation. You don't have to like what you, 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 you get exposed to or the situation that you got involved with. You don't have to like it. It don't have to be right. But if you decide, I'm going to do right in the midst of that, then Jesus shows up. You want Jesus to show up? You do right. Stop worrying about everybody else doing wrong. You do right and Jesus show up on your behalf. But if you want to join with everybody else and do wrong because they did wrong, then Jesus can't show up. Jesus will not show up if our attitude is wrong and ungodly towards anything. It doesn't matter if you're justified. Because you can be justified and still don't have God show up on your side because of your attitude or how you treated the situation. Because a lot of times we think because we're right, we have the right to tell people off. We have the right to do people wrong because we are right and they are wrong. Man, I'm preaching to myself because I know I've lived some of this in my life. And that's why I can preach this this morning. I'm not telling you something that I've never done. I'm telling you something that I've lived. That people can, 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 you can feel like, why should I have to deal with this? And why, why, I should step to this person. I should do this. And you just let it go and just do right. And when you do right, God show up in your rightness. God show up in your situation. Don't, don't, don't have to do with you being perfect. It just had to do with at the moment when you could have did more wrong, you decided to do right. And the ones that kept doing wrong, their life is in, is in trouble. Because they decide what the devil has told them. Might as well just keep on going. You did it anyway. You know, God, you know, God, God not happy with you. So you might as well just keep on living wrong. Somebody hear me. I'm not coming off of this that easily because I just feel like I'm speaking to someone that that the devil keep telling you, you might as well keep going in the wrong direction. And you agree with him because in your mind, yeah, you're right, because God's not going to do this. And I'm just here to tell you this morning, God want me to tell you that if you just stop right now, right where you are, and say, no matter what, even if I've done wrong, even if I've felt like I've been wrong, whatever it is, I'm going to stop right here, right now. I'm not going to just talk about anybody. I'm not going to just try to take revenge on anybody. I'm not going to just go and do my own thing. I'm going to stop here and now and just do right. Because I'm going to hear what the word of God is saying to me, that if I stop right here and do right, God will show me his favor in that. We want the favor of God, but we want it to be on our terms. And God is saying, you get my favor on my terms. If you want my favor, you get it on my terms, not on your terms. You can't do however you want to get my favor. You do what I say do, and you get my favor. Mm, Help me, Jesus. Leah named her firstborn son Reuben, which means see, a son. In the Hebrew language, the name sounds like he, God, has seen my affliction. That's why she named her first son Reuben. She's saying God has seen my affliction, meaning that I've always been kind of pushed to the side because I don't look as beautiful as, as my sister. I've always been pushed to the side because, you know, I'm just not the one that they look at and go googly eyes over. So, so she, people have always treated her a certain way. Mm-hmm. She named her first son Reuben because God has seen her affliction. 
Since every Jewish father wanted sons, Leah was certain that, his, that this baby would cause her husband to love her. However, she was wrong. Simeon means one who has, uh, Simeon means one who hears and suggests that Leah had been talking to God about her misery. When you have a situation in your life that you are frustrated with, might even be miserable about, talk to God about it. Don't talk to nobody else about it. Nobody else can help you. Only God can help you. And listen to me. When you talk to God about your situation, he hears you. Don't let lack of response from God make you believe that he didn't hear you. He is just not like us. And he's not just going to move on every whim. He's all, he, he's, he already knows your situation, so don't think that you're catching him off guard and getting him alerted to say, look at what's going on over here, Lord. He already knows. So when he doesn't respond, don't go crazy like, well, I've been praying and God don't hear. Just pray and know that he heard you. You don't have to keep going and keep going. He heard you. He just, re- he just moves whenever he set in time to move, not when you're saying move, God. He moves when he's going to move. And so with her situation, she knew to trust God. Church, a lot of times we want the things that brings us pleasure, the things that satisfies our appetite, the material things that we feel like we need to have. Can I tell you something real that you better really understand? This is why we struggle here in America. We need to be thankful that some things don't come in our life. And maybe some of us need to live our life where there's always a need in our life and not always live our life trying to fulfill that need on our own. We are living this life, and I have this conversation all the time with people, because in America, we almost can do everything that we desire. We almost can go and get everything that we want. And so there's no void in our life almost. And so here we are always trying to live a life that is just filled with all the stuff that brings us pleasure as opposed to living the life the way God designed it to have need, to lack some things. God didn't design your life for you to have everything. He designed your life that you will lack some things. As a matter of fact, I'm here to tell you that nobody has everything. But we're trying our best to have everything. And that's not the way God designed our life to be where we have everything. He designed our life to lack some things because the things that we lack, it is supposed to push us towards God. But unfortunately, we allow it to push us towards a second and third job or to go do something else that's going to take up our time so we can achieve what we want. But that, 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 that void, that lack, that lacking that we have is supposed to be there. So we look to God to fulfill the lack that we are experiencing. And so Leah, she wasn't the most beautiful, but she can have kids. 
Rachel, she was beautiful, but she was barren. Don't let the devil trick you to think that you need to go get something somebody else has. Because you, you, you got to understand that what they have is what they have and what you have is what you have. God said it so. Take care of what you have and God will allow the blossom into greater things. Woo! The Bible says your gift will make room for you. A lot of times what happens is what we have, we're not taking care of it because in our mind, I want that. So because I want that, my eye is on that and it's not on this over here that belongs to me. And so if you will put your eye on what belongs to you, what God gave you, if you will put your eyes on what God said is yours, and you will take care of that, it will blossom into that thing that you think you wanted. But it will be all yours and not somebody else's. And we're all twisted up, going after other people's stuff, going after the, the glamour, and going after what people say you should have, when God is saying, I didn't want you to have that. If you don't have it, I don't want you to have that. Because it's there to make you look to God. That void that you're experiencing is not for you to figure out how to fill it. Jesus says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. So your need is supposed to be supplied or fulfilled by Jesus, not by you. I know I'm talking about praise and I'll get there in a second. But I'm trying to show you a lot of things here within this context of the, 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 the context of this, this message, this, this life of these women and Jacob, because God wants us to understand some things about this life that we're living in. And so Levi was the name of her third son, which means attached. For Leah was still hoping that Jacob would love her for the sons she had borne him. It must have been painful for her to have to give herself to a husband who was only doing his duty and not sharing his affection. Here she go again. And so here she is. Sure, a lovely lady. She didn't ask to be thrown in the fire. It was her dad that did that. She didn't say, give me Jacob. No, her dad says, I can't let my younger daughter get married before my older daughter. So here. So now she in a marriage that she didn't want to be in either. Is that her fault? Right. So she has to go with the flow. And so she's with a husband that's saying, but I didn't want to be in this marriage either. And so here we go. Two people in a marriage relation that's saying this is not what we intended. But she realized as a woman would. But if we're in it, I need you to love me. We can't just be in it, just going through the motions. If we're in it, I need you to love me. And so, thank God she started having children. And she's figuring, maybe you don't love me like you love Rachel because I don't look like Rachel. But I'm giving you children. Shouldn't you love me because I'm giving you children? And then she had three children. And the three children still didn't make, her, make him love her. Still didn't make him love her. But the birth of her fourth son seemed to bring new joy to her life. Really? For she called him Judah. 
which comes from the Hebrew word meaning praise. So instead of her complaining like she did the first three sons, the fourth son that she conceived, she says, I'm done complaining. Because complaining don't get you nowhere. Complaining don't move your life along. Complaining don't change your circumstance or your situation. Complaining just make you more distraught. Complaining just make you more downtrodden. Complaining just make you more doubtful. That's what complaining do. And so she complained back to back to back. And finally she decided, I must be crazy keep complaining. Why, why do I keep complaining? When God is blessing me. Why do I keep complaining when God is blessing me? You had a son, it meant God blessed you. You had another son, it meant God blessed you again. You had a third, it meant God blessed you. But you kept complaining because your eyes was on Jacob. Somebody hear me this morning. We got to ask ourselves, where have I placed my eyes? Where have I fixed my eyes? On somebody? On a situation? On material thing? Or have I fixed my eyes on Jesus? Because when you fix your eyes on other things, you're not seeing what God is doing in your life. And so we go around looking at that, that thing that we want so badly, that person we want so badly, that situation we want changed so badly. We go around looking at that and not looking to Jesus. And if Jesus wanted to be a smart aleck, he would just say, let's see if that situation can help you. Because you, you, you dummy, you over there looking at that like that's where the help come from. You, you dummy, you over there looking like you can do something about that situation. What's wrong with you, dummy? I'm the one that can do it. That's my words. That's not Jesus because he's so loving. He won't do that. But, but, but I'm just saying, that's what he need to come out one day and say to us. You dummy, why you keep looking at stuff that, that you know, like you or the stuff can make things better. I am the one that makes things better. But we keep on taking our eyes off him and put our eyes on everything else. Like those other things can make things better. And only Jesus can make things better. And so the fourth son, she decided, I'm done worrying about Jacob loving me. I'm done worrying about it. God has been good to me. Look at here. This is my fourth child he has given me. Rachel don't have no kids. So why am I getting all, you know, consumed by Jacob loving me? God loves me. Why are you worried about somebody treating you the way they're supposed to treat you? God loves you. And I'm not telling you that when we, we, we you know, it's, it's ridiculous to want to experience love from a person. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you that after a while, you're going to have to figure out if they ain't trying to love you the way they need to love you, you better realize that you better love Jesus because he will love you the way you need to be loved. We can't make people love us. They have to choose. To, that's what I love about love. Because it's something you choose. You can't.
can't be you can't be prodded. You can't be forced because anyhow you show you show any kind of kindness or care when you're forced to. It's not love. So love is what you choose to do or what somebody choose to do to you. So you can't do nothing about that. Either they do or they don't. But Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you no matter what. Jesus loves you no matter how, no matter what's going on in your life. Jesus loves you. And so she decided, man, I must be an idiot. Let me stop worrying about this man loving me because the bottom line is he loved Rachel and that's what we're going to love the day till the day he die. I am not going to worry about that anymore. Let me make sure I love my God who has shown me great favor, who has blessed me with children. Let me put my eyes on him because God is so good that we can neglect God. We can neglect God and he's still loving us and he's just waiting for us to turn back to him. Somebody turn back to God today. Turn back to him and love him and not neglect him anymore because even while you paid him no mind, he was still loving you. But the, the Judah came on the scene, the birth of her fourth, fourth son, and it seemed to bring her new joy. For she called him Judah, which comes from the Hebrew word meaning praise. Instead of complaining to the Lord about her unresponsive husband, she was now praising the Lord for his blessings. Oh, this dude won't love me, but guess what? I am going to praise God and thank him for his blessings. Because truth be told, he can bring me a dude better than him. Truth be told, you know, if God wants, he can give me a dude better than Jacob. So why am I going to worry about Jacob? Let me just worry about Jesus because he's the one that turned things around. He's the one that turned it around. Ah, come on and help me somebody. And so she named her fourth child Judah, which means praise. And she decided, I'm done a husband to love me. I'm just going to praise God. That word praise, it comes from the Hebrew word yada, which means to give thanks loud, loudly give thanks. So, so let's just cut out the whole, thank you, Jesus, under your breath. Let's just cut that out from now on. Yes, yes, yes. Just like that. Uh-huh. Let's cut out that under my breath stuff. I am not thanking Jesus under my breath. When you see me and we go, oh, God, I thank you. Oh, Jesus, I appreciate you. Oh, Jesus, you are so good. I am not saying it under my breath. Hear me, somebody. Hear me, hear me, hear me. <laughs> A lot of religious people, different religion, show you what they think by how they look. Oh, help me, Jesus. There, there, there are some religions that they don't have to say a word. They, they, they just look a certain way and you know what they stand for. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, don't you worry about what nobody will think of you when you walk in and say, Jesus is Lord, and Jesus, I want to thank you, and Jesus, I want to give you praise, because that's your way, your way of wearing your garment. Oh, you're not hearing me. You want to wear your garment, because they call praise a garment. It 
if you want to wear your garment, I want you to open your mouth and begin to say, Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus. Listen to me. I don't want you going to say, God, you're good. Don't mess with me. Trust me, I've been around. I don't want you going around saying God is good. I want you to say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is good. Because you're not going to mistake your God with my God. I want you to know who my God is. Because when I say God, you can mistake my God with your God. And I want you to know who my God is. And so when I walk in, I'm going to say, Woo! Jesus has been good to me. Woo! Jesus, I thank you. Woo! Jesus, there is none like you. Because they're going to know who my God is. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's just not just some statue. He's not just some 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 kind of animal. He is God Almighty who created heaven and earth. His name is Jesus. You're gonna know who my God is. And so while other people walk around and say, huh, "Look at me," you know who I love. You know who my God is. I'm gonna walk around and say, "Jesus is Lord." Jesus is Lord. What is he talking about? Jesus is Lord. That's my praise. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I honor you. What's up with you? Jesus reigns in my life. Jesus is my God. That's the kind of stuff we need to begin to say out loud. Not just keep it in our mind. Not just keep it in our heart. Because guess what? You're going to go places and you're going to see people. You're going to know right away the God that they serve. They didn't keep it in their heart. They didn't keep it quiet. They showed you loud and clear who their God is and what you're going to do. And you know your God is the real God and their God is not the real God. And you let them speak their God from the mountaintop. What are we doing about our God? Jesus, you are God. And we, Lord Jesus, are going to praise you in spite of our circumstances, in spite of our hurt, in spite of our pain, in spite of our pandemic. We're going to praise you, O oh God, because you are our God. You're the God of all things. And, O oh God, we're going to praise you no matter what we're going through. We're going to praise you no matter how we feel. We're going to praise you no matter what the circumstances are. Because, God, only you can fill the void that we need filled. We got voids. We got voids. We got things that we need and we're chasing whatever we're chasing to try to fill those voids and to try to fulfill those needs and nothing will do it. He left that void there for him. He left it there so you can know I need Jesus. You remember the I guess we can say it. I don't think we should, we should say it, but just for, just for terminology's sake, you, you remember the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul. The Bible talks about him at a thorn in his side. And he went to God and says, God, come on now, you got to remove this thorn, man. It's, 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 a, it's, 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 it's just getting on my nerves. Three times he went to the Lord about that. And God says, no, 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 leave it there. Leave it there. Because I understand, as I'm maturing as a Christian, I understand 
that God leaves some things in our life so we can be sensitive to him, so we can turn to him. And we want our perfect life. You get your perfect life and you will not go to heaven. You can change your perfect life to heaven because that's what you're asking for. You want a perfect life? Okay. Man, if God could come and visit you and have that conversation with you, do you want the perfect life or do you want eternal life? Mm. We're chasing the perfect life and God wants to give us eternal life. Even when God talks about having life more abundantly, it still ain't talking about the perfect life. He's talking about eternal life in Christ. He's talking about a life in Christ, not the perfect life you chasing. Not the perfect life you chasing with your really nice house, your white picket fence, your little dog, your perfect wife, your perfect husband, your bank account with six to, to one year's worth of um, 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 expenses, a little bit of savings on the side, uh, uh, driving the car that you want, uh, uh, you know, kids doing great and all of that stuff. That's the perfect life we're all chasing. It ain't never happening. As much as you chase it, it'll never happen. There will always be an issue. There will always be something that gnaw at you. There will always be something that you realize, I need this. So I'm telling you now, you might as well leave that life alone. You, you trust Christ for the life that he wants you to live, and you will see everything that you need, everything that will bring purpose to your life. He will make sure you have it. We got to let go of chasing that perfect life because that perfect life is going to cost you eternal, eternal life. It will. It will. That's a word from the Lord today. That perfect life will cause you eternal life. It will cost you that because eternal life is, is going to you're not going to be able to live perfectly on this earth and, and then receive eternal life. Mm-hmm. It just won't work. And so. We need to praise God, especially when we come to realize the void that we have in our life. We need to praise God. Instead of complaining about the void in your life, praise God about it. Instead of complaining about what you're hurting about, praise God about it. Instead of complaining about what you don't have that you think you should have, praise God about it. Instead of complaining about what you think you deserve but you don't have, praise God about it. Everything that you can look at that is a negative in your life, praise God about it. Sammy, praise God no matter what. Like a sneaker, Sammy. Praise God no matter what. Rayon, praise God, everything, everything that's wrong, no matter, just praise God about it. Whatever you don't like, praise God about it. Say, God, I praise you for this situation that is crazy. I don't know why, but I'm praising you because you are God Almighty and you see all things and you know all things. And I'm going to praise you no matter what. I'm going to praise you, O Lord. Just praise him no matter what. There is no moment in which it would be right to suspend praises 
and thanksgiving unto the Lord God. Oh, we need to praise God no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through. We cannot suspend praises unto God. We gotta praise Him in all situations. We gotta praise Him at all times. All of us are required to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God continually. Adoration is the grandest form of earthly service to God Almighty. When we see his works, when we hear his word, when we taste his grace, when we mark his providence, when we think upon his name, our spirit should bow in the loneliness of reverence before him and magnify him as the all-glorious Lord and God Almighty. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done, my soul shall cry out when I think of the goodness of Jesus. Sister Riego talked about the goodness of Jesus this morning, that she's so thankful because of what he has done, but it's not just her, all of us, if we look around, we should be able to look and say, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I don't know how many of you have stopped and thought about some alternatives that I've done this before. Okay, maybe I don't like this. But what if it would have went a different way? What would that be like? You don't know. You don't know. And that's why you can't be ignorant of the fact that everything that's happening in your life, you better thank God for it. You better praise God for it because you don't realize the alternative could be something devastating. The alternative could have been something catastrophic because you don't understand. God is the only one that's all-knowing. And so we better stop sometime and say, I don't care how much I think uh, this is not a good situation or how much I think this should have been different. I want to know what could be the alternative. And the bottom line is I don't know what the alternative could be. Praise is heart trust and heart content with God. Praise is thanksgiving to the Lord Jesus. When we can praise him with a shout, we can praise him with a dance, or we can praise him with musical instruments, we can praise him with our worship. When we can praise him like that, oh, the, the, the power and the miracles of God will overtake us. If we will praise him, life would not seem so sorrowful, even amidst sorrow. If we praise him, the worst of times won't seem so bad. Praise is heart enjoyment, the indulgence of gratitude and wonder. The Lord has done so much for me that I must praise him. He has done so much for us that we need to praise him. When we praise him, the cravings of our heart is fulfilled. When we praise him, the cravings of our heart is fulfilled. Some of you know about this. But I've been to church services where I was broke. And I praised him so much that when I left that service, I forgot I was broke. I 
give praise God at times in so many situations that whatever it was that I was soaking about before I started praising him, when I got done praising him, I forgot what I was soaking about. <laughs> he is so amazing that he just consumes you when you praise him. He is so amazing that when you begin to praise him, your life just, it's like transformation begins to take place. It's like just this power just begin to overshadow you and you come out of yourself and you begin to just be in a different realm. I'm getting there. I'm getting ready to close up here. Like Leah, when Judah was born, she said, now will I praise the Lord. And at some point in time, church, you and I have to stop and say, now will I praise the Lord. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. But at some point in time, you're going to have to say, now will I stop murmuring. Now will I, because you can't praise and murmur at the same time. You can't praise and complain at the same time. You can't praise and talk about somebody at the same time. And so when you say, now will I praise the Lord, you know what you're saying in essence? Now will I stop complaining because I'm going to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Judah was the most prominent of the 12 sons of Jacob. He saved his brother Joseph's life by suggesting that his brothers sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites as opposed to them killing him. Uh-huh. So that boy Judah, the fourthborn of Jacob, Leah's fourth son, he came out to be something else. He saved his brother Joseph from dying. Listen to again what he does. Later in Egypt, it was Judah who begged Joseph to detain him rather than Benjamin, Jacob's beloved son. In an eloquent speech, Judah confessed, confess, what he and his brothers had done to Joseph. Shortly thereafter, Joseph identified himself to his brothers. It appears that Judah was the leader of Jacob's sons who remained at home. Even though he was not the oldest son, Judah was sent by Jacob to precede him to Egypt. Also, Judah, rather than his older brothers, received Jacob's blessing. In that blessing, Jacob foretold the rise of Judah. Your father's children shall bow down before you. The scepter shall not depart from your house. Judah represents praise. If you follow Judah's life, just begin to say, this is what praise looked like. If you follow Judah's life, you see what praise looked like. If you follow Judah's life, whatever he does, that's what praise looked like. When you do what Judah did, you are showing praise to the Almighty God. So what are some of the things that Judah did? Judah saved Joseph. Your praise will save you. Some of us, the way we're going to get saved is by praising God. <laughs> Some of us, the way how we're not going to fall into the ditch is by praising God. Some of us, the way we're going to escape some things in our life is by praising God, not just sitting around. 
What else did praise do? Praise protects you. When you praise, you will be protected. I remember a long time ago, the word of God showed me this. He, he told me about the shield of faith. He says the shield of faith is, 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 is something that you need. But he said, hear me, praise is like your jab. Rosalie, years ago, as you trust God, God show you things. He says, Wayne, your praise is like your jab. As long as you're praising, nothing can get close to you. As long as you're praising, nothing gets close to you. As long as you're praising, you're keeping the enemy off. As long as you're praising, you're defending yourself. You're keeping yourself surrounded and protected. But when you don't praise, you give the enemy access to come in and do what he wants to do. Praise needs to take place in our life at all times if we are going to keep the enemy at bay. And so praise protects you. Praise demonstrates sacrifice. When you praise, you're saying, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care how they look at me. I don't care how I look. I'm just going to praise God the way I know how to praise God. Whether I'm on one leg or I'm on two legs, whether I, can, I, I know how to do it just right or I don't know. It doesn't matter to me because this praise is not unto you all. This praise is unto Almighty God. And so praise is your sacrifice demonstrated. Praise is demonstration and confession. When Joseph, when, 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 when Judah met Joseph, who was now the, the most powerful man in Egypt, except for other, rather than, other than Pharaoh, when he met him, Judah was the one that says, listen, we've done wrong as brothers. He didn't even know it was Joseph. He said, we sold our brother Joseph to sl into slavery. And he, he started running down the whole life story. He confessed. To Joseph, what he had done wrong, what he and his brothers had done wrong, not knowing it was Joseph. That's when Joseph took off all his garb and said, it's me. Praise is confession. Praise gets you into the present. Praise gets you into the presence of God. Praise will cause you to just begin to confess and say, I've been wrong, but God is so good. Oh, God, I praise you in spite of my wrong, in spite of me. I'm giving you praise. Praise is confession. Oh, done. Praise bestow blessings upon your life. And you ready for this? Praise will lead you to your promise. How can you say that, preacher? The story of Joseph is some kind of story. I mean, dude, if you ask me, I didn't read any place where he sinned. Now, he's human, and the Bible says all have sinned. So somewhere he sinned. But I'm just talking about when I read the story of his life, he seemed like a perfect dude. 
His life was awesome. He was a wonderful guy. But guess what? The Lord Almighty, Jesus Christ, there's a bloodline that he used as he was born into this world through Mary. There's a bloodline that he came through. And he did not come to the bloodline of Joseph. That almost perfect young man. That's not the bloodline that the Messiah came through. You know the bloodline the Messiah came through? The praise bloodline. The Messiah came through Judah's bloodline. That's the praise bloodline. The Messiah came through Judah. Judah wasn't the firstborn son. And Judah wasn't Joseph. Judah was just a random guy. That was born out of the tribe of Jacob. I don't know where you get the fourth son from. How does that link into anything? How we did business back in the day. But I'm telling you the fourth son had no um, um, significance. But because that woman that they hated. That woman that was rejected. That woman that was treated wrong. That was just passed off. Go be with him. We don't know. Just give me somebody. That, that woman that they treated like that. Because she had a relationship with God. You know why she had a relationship with God, um, 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 Rayon? The beautiful one, she ain't had no relationship with God. As a matter of fact, if you go a little deep, she stole her daddy's idols back in the day too. She didn't have a relationship with God. Why? She was so pretty. She was so dainty. She had it all together. Guess what? She don't need nobody because everybody bow at her feet. And we chasing the perfect life. She had it all. And so because she had it all, guess what? She didn't have no real relationship with God. The other one that didn't have it all on her knees. God, they talk about me all the time. All they do is go and be in Rachel's face. Everybody always in Rachel's face, how beautiful she is and how wonderful she is. And God, nobody thinks about me. I'm not even sure if I'm ever going to get a husband. But don't miss the point. That's what drove her to her knees. That's what moved her into prayer and confession to the Lord. That's what got her to begin to talk to Jesus because there were needs in her life. Are we getting this today? She had needs in her life. So it moved her to go seek God. So she built a relationship in seeking God. And when she built that relationship, it just kept blossoming and blossoming. So she became more mature by the time Judah came. She said, I got this thing now. Guess what? I'm going to name my fourth child praise because I done got revelation from God. I done prayed and I've heard from God. And so my fourth child, I'm going to name him praise. Church. And so that's her situation. Because her life wasn't perfect. You still want a perfect life? Let me tell you one more thing before I close out here. Rachel. You know how she died? She died in childbirth. Josiah. So here's the moral of the story. That thing that we want so bad that we will do whatever we got to do to get it is going to be the death of us, yes. not Jesus. Yes. Josiah, I want Jesus to be the death of me. 
Not the things that I want. Not the situation I want changed. Not, not anything else. I want Jesus to be the death of my life. I want when I die, it's because of Jesus. Not because of a situation. Not because of a circumstance. But because Jesus says, son, it's time to come home. Son, it's time to come home. I want to die like that. Not because of a situation. And so that beautiful Rachel, pretty Rachel, dainty Rachel, good smelling Rachel, daddy's favorite Rachel. The thing that she was locked in on the most is what got her out of here. And the other one kept on rolling. They buried her on their journey put a little marker there, and kept going. Whether Jacob wanted to love Leah or not, I think he might have got to that place where he started loving her. Because he ain't had Rachel no more. (laughs) He didn't have Rachel no more. So whether he wanted to love her or not, guess what? Better go ahead and love her now. That's all you have, bro. Stand with me. The miracle... Of praise. We need to start praising God, church. We need to start praising God. Let me show you this last scripture why we need to start praising God. Of all this stuff, I hope you got it, why we should praise God. But let me show you the final thing why you better praise God. Luke chapter 19, verse 37. This is important. What does the scripture say in 37? And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a what? Can we, can we, can we make sure we understand that's just the way it is? Praise God! Amen! Jesus is Lord! There ain't no need of, but praise God is good on a, under our voices. No, no, no. Loud voice. Loud voice. Judah means loud praise. And the disciples here, they praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had seen. Listen. Saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now look at this. And some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke the disciples. You see, you see how the, I'm telling you, the people that are not of God will always give you a hard time. Are you going to listen to them? They say, the Pharisees. Remember, Pharisees now, they pretend Christians. Okay? All right. So, so, service is over. I can't go down. I can't preach a whole new message off that, right? But, but, but the pretend Christian, talking about they rebuked the, the disciples when they was praising God. Go to the next verse. And he answered, Jesus answered, and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, you can do whatever you want. But something or somebody will praise Jesus. 
And if you want to stand there, if you want to sit there like a bump on the log and don't praise, it's up to you. But Jesus says even the stones will cry out in praise. Why? Because he's the creator of all things. And all creation bow down to him. All creation worship at his feet. And so if you don't worship him, if you don't praise him, it must just mean he didn't create you, which is a lie. Let's worship the Lord today. Father, we worship you. We praise you, oh great God. Somebody, if you will praise the Lord this afternoon, he will do a great and mighty work in your life. You will experience a miracle because it's a miracle in a praise. It's a miracle of praise that you will praise him. You will experience that miracle. Oh, somebody praise the Lord today. For God is great and greatly to be praised. For God is good. Oh, God, I bless your name. I praise your name. Oh, there is none like you. There is none like you. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The miracle of your praise. Oh, God, if we will praise you, I know, Lord God, that we will experience a miracle that if we will praise you, we will experience a miracle. Somebody, if you will praise God today, you will experience your miracle. There's a miracle that's waiting on you. There's a miracle that wants to overtake you, but it requires your praise. It requires your praise. It requires your praise. Praise and adoration to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, don't leave this place today without the lifting of your hands, without opening up your mouth and praising the Almighty God. Somebody, Jesus, is worthy of our praise. Jesus is worthy of the honor. Jesus is worthy to be exalted. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, we pray. Praise your name. Oh, there is none like you. I offer you my sacrifice of praise. I offer unto you, Lord God, all of me, Lord God. Oh, God, here I am to worship you. Here I am to praise you. Here I am, Lord God, to give you the honor. Here I am, Lord God, to bless your name. I give myself to you, Lord God. I give myself to you, Lord God. I praise you today. I bless you your name today, Lord God, for there is none like you. There's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. Why don't you praise him today? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Take this time to praise him before you leave this place today. Take this time to lift your hands and just give him the honor. Church, grab a hold of praise today and give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give God the praise. Give God the praise. Give God the praise and all of the honor. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, I bless your name. I bless your name, Lord. I give you praise, Lord God. 
There is none like you, Jesus. Oh, God, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for each and every person here in this room and those that are virtual today. I pray, Lord God, that there will be a spirit of praise that will rise up in their soul. And there will be a spirit of praise that will come over them, Lord God. And, Lord, they will begin to praise you and begin to honor you and begin, oh God, to give thanksgiving to you, Lord God that your will may be done in their life, that they will experience the miracle of their praise, that they will experience the miracle, oh God, when they praise you. Hallelujah! 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 Lord, as we go from this place today, I pray your hand be upon us. I pray that you'll lead us in the path of righteousness. I pray, Almighty God, that you'll lead us in a place of peace and joy in you, Lord God. Bless your people and let your will be done in their life, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you today. We go in your name and in your peace. For all these things we pray in Jesus' name. God bless you in Jesus' name. Have a great day. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be your name. We give you honor and praise, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. There is none like you.